Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskal with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Joining me this week is all-everything St. Francis standout wide receiver Bryson Reeves, who is picking up scholarship offers lately like young kids pick up Halloween candy. Uh, He's up to 22 now, I believe. Bryson, how are you? Um, I'm doing well, Coach. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for taking the time to join me here on the podcast. I've I've seen you play, and I not that my opinion counts for much of anything, but young man, you are one spectacular football player. Oh, thank you so much, Coach, and no worries about the time. Coach Bond spoke very highly of you, and I have no issues talking at all. Well, fantastic. Now, you came to St. Francis as a running back. You were 225 pounds, and to <laughs> quote a, a Coach Bonds, he says, uh, you know, he came in a little bit pudgy. Take me back here. You you come in, your goal is to be a running back. What was it like your freshman year playing for somebody like Coach Bonds? Um, Coming in freshman year, the summer program kind of let me know what high school football would be about. It was a lot of gassers every day, a lot of running, and I came out of the summer program at about 2.15. So I played the season at about 2.15 my freshman year, and it was – it was great. Like it just, it got me disciplined more than I've ever been before in my life. I never missed a practice. It was right after summer school. So it almost felt like, like how I would feel if I was on varsity, just going straight from school to practice. Um, so, and you're playing your sophomore year. Why did you pick St. Francis as a school? Um, I've, I've always played for the locking out of gladiators and I've always had, you know, St. Francis dads or St. Francis players coming to, Locking out of coaching the gladiators. So, you know, I got to become very close with St. Francis players. And then I got, ended up going to the game for like being a water boy for a couple of games. Just I met all the coaches when I was pretty young. And then, you know, we didn't have a real relationship. They didn't really know who I was, but I just kind of, I wanted to be there. I wanted to do that. I kind of, I looked up to those people. And knowing and, that St. Francis has a tremendous tradition, a, I think a phenomenal coaching staff with coach Bonds and, and Coach Barkley and Coach Kane and Coach Corcoran. And, you know, the, the list of, of excellent coaches is is very long. What is it like for you, or what was it like for you to play for those guys as a sophomore? Um, it was great. It was really I quick maturing. It was really kick you in the butt if you didn't get it. And they made that really quick, they made that really clear. And uh, Darius and Kevin kind of helped me step up really quick and step into it really quick. Because um, my sophomore year, once Markel got hurt, I was kind of the only receiver. And they, Kevin was just like, we're going to make you a star. We're going to make you good. Like, he pressed me every day in practice. And then after that, Coach Bonds, he kind of saw me growing. He saw how to get me going in a game. He saw how to get me in my rhythm really quickly. And then from there it took off. But you came in as a running back and then you switched to wide receiver. And that was that difficult for you walk me through the process of how you went from running back to wide receiver, because I correct me if I'm wrong, they had some pretty good running backs in front of you. Uh, yeah, but 
I love that question when they ask, is it difficult for me to switch? No, I'm a football player. I'm not a running back. <laughs> I Coming into St. Francis, I had played quarterback. I had played slot. I had played quarterback again. I had played many all the defensive positions except for line. Then and you, I played receiver. Okay, fantastic. What was the transition like for you? Because playing in Pop Warner and moving on to high school is obviously very different because the schemes are more complex. The players are better. The players are stronger. They're faster. What was the transition like for you going from running back to wide receiver? Uh, it was fun. I just asked Coach Bonds to give me one jet sweep when I'm ready, and he did. And uh, that was about it. I Route, run, route running was great. Um, didn't take me long. I've known the passing tree since I was three. What was the most difficult part for you, though? The most difficult part was the speed my sophomore year. The first four games of sophomore year, I just I wasn't moving at the same speed. I thought I was, but people were catching up. I wasn't catching passes, um, coming out of my break slow. And I just – I wasn't moving at the same speed. And then I kind of finally got it, and I stopped having to think about what I was doing, and I just realized I can just be a football player and play football again. And that was a uh, game five versus Mayfair. Yeah, your, and, uh, first, your first four games, your sophomore year, you had 10 catches, 186 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. And then the next two against two pretty good programs, Mayfair and Paraclete, you catch 12 balls for over 250 yards and four touchdowns. What was the difference? Just the freedom that you could just go out and play? Yes, sir. It, it it really just changed from me going to, okay, I'm going to a football game. I got to remember this. I got to do this. I got to do this. To, oh, I can't wait to play. Man, I can't wait to play. I just can't wait to play. Yeah, it certainly didn't take, I just, didn't take long for you to make a splash. What was it like after those two games? Was it kind of like that light bulb went on and there was that aha moment? Like, I got this now. Yeah, it was just, I got this. I can just play and be a football player. What did the coaches say to you after those first four games? And then what did they say to you after those next two? You know, it wasn't actually after the first four games. It was after the first two games, after Damien, where Coach Bonds pulled me aside. And he was just like, you know, get it together. You're not producing. We need you to do more. And I was like, Coach, I know I'm trying, and I just can't, I can't get it. I don't I don't know what's up. And then after the fourth after game four, I just they just didn't say a word to me. I knew I had a bad game, and they just kind of didn't really say a word to me. And that's when I realized I was like, this really could be the end because I know when coaches stop coaching, that's when it gets bad. Yeah, when they that stop getting bad. mad at you, that's that's when you got to worry. Um, so th at that moment, I was just like, all right, screw everything. I know how to play football. I've been doing it my whole life. Just go out there. You know what to do and play. And was it after those two games that you felt really comfortable as a wide receiver? Uh, yes, sir. After those two games, I just kind of felt like I have this. I know what to do in most situations. I know the routes. I know the plays. And I just – I felt comfortable. In that huddle, who, who helped you the most – as far as encouragement, as far as a senior leader? Uh, honestly, it was a uh, – it wasn't a senior. Okay. Whoever it was. It was Kevin. It was Kevin. Like, since I was 
since the first time I came to varsity, he kind of took me under his wing a little bit. And every time I was in the huddle, he would just kind of tell me, like, if you don't got it, let me know. But if you don't got it, I'm going to be pissed. And it, he kind of just always gave me confidence in the huddle to go, just play, just run. And and that probably gave you that kind of relaxed, okay, now I can go. The upperclassmen are kind of letting me go. They're they're behind me. They're giving me support. That had to make you feel really good and give you a lot of confidence. Yes, sir, it did. And then once Kevin said, we have expectations, that like you have expectations to meet. This isn't like, this isn't an option. And that kind of gave me more motivation because it was like, if they have this expectation in me, I, I must be able to just do this. I must there's a reason they have that expectation. They saw something in you. The coaches saw something in you. And and do you think you really saw it yourself or did you have to have those breakout games to think, wow, you know what? They're right. Uh, it, it was a lot of, wow, you know, they're right. And to be honest with you, I don't think I've had them all. Well, the first time I saw you was last year against Crespi and you had received your first offer from William and Mary. And what we like to do on our Fox broadcast is at least I like to say, Hey, you know, this young man got an offer from here, from here. And after that game, I, you had a great game against Crespi. I think you had 10 catches for over a hundred and something yards and, and maybe a touchdown or two. And I thought, Oh no, the offers are going to come rolling in for this young man. And now you're up to 22. What was it like getting that first offer? Uh, getting that first offer was, it was just, I was driving and I, I just had to pull over. I just, I asked him, is this real? Cause like, you know, every kid, they talk about it. Like I'm gonna be a D1 athlete. I'm gonna be a D1 athlete. I'm gonna play football in college. And you know, it wasn't until midway through my freshman, sophomore year, I kind of realized what it took to be a D1 athlete and I started to actually commit and do it. And, you know, it when it finally kind of all that, I had a lot of hard work to actually pay off and it, it did feel really good. It Yeah. And now they're rolling in and you've got Harvard, you have Yale, you have Vanderbilt, uh, you know, among others. And, you know, schools like that, those are life changers. And the article I read, you said your mom was really happy with the offer from Harvard. What's it like to get attention from one of the most prestigious academic universities in the world? <laughs> it honestly feels, it feels really incredible. Cause it, they honestly, they told me on the phone that it had a lot to do with just the way I spoke on the phone and the way I sounded over the phone. I sounded articulate and that kind of, it made me feel kind of, it made me feel kind of valued as like I matured for a little bit from my grade. You know, I did do a whole back year. I did do eighth grade again. And I've kind of tried to help my class mature faster than other classes. Cause I've just realized that <laughs> a lot of them just really aren't. And, you know, we, I wanted to win a championship. I wanted to win a lot of things. And if we were going to do that, we had to mature a lot faster. And, and you guys have, and, and I, I think, more if if we play this year and, and we've all got our fingers crossed that that we can play this year what are you doing right now alone or maybe with a couple people to help you stay in shape once that phone rings from the coach or the the texts buzz and say hey guys we're good to go 
Oh man, I'm a uh, I'm itching for it. I'm every day at like 10, 11 a.m. since since this whole lockdown thing started. Honestly, maybe a week into it, this started. I've been going to a buddy's house of mine. He's a coach. He's a friend, and uh, he opened up his garage. He has a couple squat racks, a couple bars, and a lot of weights. And every morning, when me and I don't know, six other football players were from South South Hills, Alhambra schools out there. Uh, we all we come, we lift. Afterwards, we go to Shadow Oak and we work out, catch, throw, run routes, footwork, everything. I'm there from like ten o'clock to one thirty, pretty much every day. Yeah, and when you look at all these college offers, what specifically are you looking for in a school? Um, I'm I am really big on education. I you know the football doesn't last forever, and when it stops, I don't plan on stop. I don't not plan on being successful, so I do plan on going somewhere that would definitely get me a good education. Definitely get me a job right out of college, no matter what happens right when I get out of college. Yeah, I I've been teaching for thirty plus years, and I always tell kids it's college is not a four year decision; it's a forty year decision. Um, yes, in a school like Harvard. Wow, they sent me a letter that said, don't even bother applying. But for you, you're a lot smarter. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm not going to be honest. My sister, she's a, she's 4.0, super smart. She got into MIT just straight using her brain. And, you know, she, she got into Harvard too. But she, like, kind of laughed at me. She was like, you're never going to get to Harvard. She was just like, and you know what? I, I kind of accepted it. I don't have the highest grades. I don't have the highest SAT score. Which is okay but, because if you can get in there with a work ethic like you have, you'll be successful. Yes, sir. Uh, we're going to take a break right now while we pay a couple of the bills. Hey, everybody. While we are still waiting out this COVID-19 pandemic, you can still have some fun betting with our partner, betonline.ag. No pro sports, no college sports. Don't worry. BetOnline has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back. Madden and NBA 2K simulations. UFC, online casino. And be sure to check out the final dance with roundtable interviews from ex-Chicago Bulls, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper as they discuss the Michael Jordan doc in full. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MyPod100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MyPod100. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. St. Francis wide receiver Bryson Reeves joining me here on the podcast. And Bryson, I don't know if you know that your head coach, Jim Bonds, was a pretty darn good quarterback in his own time. How much has he helped you as far as route running and reading defenses from a quarterback's point of view to a wide receiver's point of view? Oh, man. Uh, reading defenses, he's taught me so, uh, so much. I can – off the line of scrimmage, I can tell – I can shift my route to like four different routes. I can tell coverage. I can tell blitzes. I can tell practically everything. I can – about six – of the routes in the passing tree now when I run them are optionals. So if I see 
zone here, I hold. If I see zone there, I run. And if I keep, if I see man, keep running. And for the last couple of years, you've had the same quarterback um, for reasons, uh, you know, his own. Jack decides to transfer to Muir. You will have a new quarterback next year, whether it's it's the sophomore Jack Jacobs or I believe there are two juniors that may be in the mix. How long do you think it's going to take for you guys to get on the same page, no matter who the quarterback is? Um, honestly, not too long. We all we run the same offense throughout all the all the programs, JV, varsity, and freshman. So he already knows most of the playbook, and he's been working throughout the offseason. I know that. So I think all we need to get him is to realize the speed of the game before the season starts. I don't know the best way to do that, but I think that's going to be his biggest issue as well is just the speed. And now being that senior leader, looking back to your sophomore year, obviously one of these guys is going to be starting their first varsity game. And and if it is the sophomore Jacobs, you know, he's going to have that wide-eyed look like, wow, this is varsity football. What can you do? What did you learn from the seniors that you could pass on to these guys? It's no different. Just think about it like it's no different. Just go out there and play football. You can't hear the crowd. You can't you can't do anything but play. There's no reason to overthink. You get one game a week. You have six days to practice. You have enough time to understand everything we're gonna do that game. We we game plan and we playbook for every week. We all have enough time to completely understand every single play we have a possibility of running. And it's just he's gotta think about it like it's no different. It's no different from playing in your backyard. It's no different than playing JV. It's no different than playing Pop Warner. You're just playing football. All I got to do is go out and play. But at the same time, the lights are on, the stadium's filled. Hopefully stadiums will be filled. And the people across the line from me, they're, they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. There is a difference, though, isn't it? And you mentioned the speed of the game. How did you adjust to the speed of the game? It was all mental. I, the first four games, I thought, whoa, these dudes are fast. Oh, that guy ran fast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I realized, hey, I can do that. Run fast. And it, it was just all mental. I just, I didn't process what I was doing compared to other people. I just looked at other people and I was like, wow, I'm here now. But I, I never processed and I was here for a reason. Yeah, and the only thing you can't control is, is you and how well you play and how hard you play. Exactly, and honestly, nobody in the stands knows the playbook. If you mess up at 100%, I'll just tell you, no one's going to notice but you. Well, and your coach, and your if coach. you mess up, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you have one of those teachable moments on the sidelines where, where the coach may be yelling at you a little bit or slightly raising his voice. Slightly is um, an understatement. Yeah. What is it that you like about Coach Bonds? Because he's been doing this a long time, as, as well as that veteran coaching staff that you guys have. They all get to know the player to the point where they get to know exactly what would make them better, what would make them angry, what would make them adrenaline, what would make them just relax. What They just get to know all your ins and outs, and they actually really try to care about you as a person, no matter who you are, if you're you know, me or if you're just a uh, scout team. They go through 
Well, the scout team is kind of important because they're giving you guys the look to prepare for on Friday exactly. night. Like he goes through every like the coach staff goes through everybody, gets to know everybody, jokes with everybody. They don't show favoritism. They don't play favorites. If you worked hard in practice, you're going to get rewarded for it because you worked hard in practice. If you don't work hard in practice, you're not going to play. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. But what do you when you look at yourself and you go back to that sophomore year? Where have you grown the most as a wide receiver? And what do you think you need to work on to make that next jump to that elite Division One level? You know, I've grown so much just mentally. It's all been mental for me up to this point. I haven't focused much on footwork. I can't, Honestly, I played that whole season pretty much raw off, like, route running footwork. It was just kind of I knew where I had to be and I knew how many yards I had to run. I had to get to a spot. And, you know, we don't. We do have a wide receiver coach, and he's a great wide receiver coach. But, you know, there's a lot of, like, quick footwork that you have to do outside that, you know, I've never really had before. I didn't do until this offseason. It was all mental last year. It was all making sure I can get consistency straight. Always doing this, always doing that, never dropping balls. <clears throat> last year, pretty darn consistent. Seven games over 100 yards, eight games with a touchdown reception. Are, is it safe to say right now that Bryson Reeves is pretty comfortable at wide receiver? Yeah, yes, sir, coach. Yeah. And that's got to make you feel like when you go into a game it, with, with that comfort level, you look across at the defensive back playing you, you you've got to be thinking, I got this, just throw me the ball. Are you at that point yet? You know, I, I kind of hit that point my sophomore year. Because that's the point that you kind of have to play at. If you're just going out to play, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. You can beat anybody. It's just balls up. It's got nobody's name on it. It's not going to change directions. Go up and get it. And, and, and you've, done that. you've done that a lot. Your sophomore year, 34 catches. Last year, 58 catches for just under 1,000 yards. I know everybody has team goals and we want to win a championship and we want to win the league. And your league changed a little bit this year with um, teams going up and teams going down. I believe you guys are in with St. Paul, Crespi, and do you know the other team? Uh, I don't, off the top of my head. Saugus? No. They're out here. I thought Salesian went down. Okay, Salesian might have gone down, yeah. yeah. Saugus still in. Um, what are your personal goals this year? Um, personally, I want to be the difference maker this year. You know, last year we had Kevin who, you know, I did, I did do a lot for the team. I played offense, I played defense, but you know, Kevin, he's a walking highlight tape and you can't, you can't dispute that. You give him the ball and no matter what, you're going to get eight to 10 yards out of him. And when that happens and we had a pretty good line, you're going to run the ball. So this year, I just I want to kind of step into Kevin's shoes a little bit and just be the difference maker. Anytime you need a play made, give me the ball. You need a first down, give me the ball. You want a touchdown, give me the ball. I want to be the reason our team wins, not just a part of it. And not on offense. You want to play. You you'll do, you'll go out and play defense. You'll return kicks, punts, whatever it is that you are asked to do to help your team be successful. Yes, sir. I'm a football player. Just teach me how to do it and I'll do it. You're an athlete. And, and in some instances, in a lot of sports, 
if there are people out there that are athletic, there's always a place for them on the football field. And it, it seems like it doesn't matter for you where you play. You'll If they ask you to line up at quarterback, you'll do that. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I've ran triple option before. I've ran double wing before at quarterback. It's I've played a lot. <laughs> at St. Francis, most kids play two sports, and you ran track. How did track help you in football? Because, every, you know, in track, it's just – it's straight ahead. But in football – very rarely do you run just, you know, like 100 yards straight ahead. But the speed is important. The running technique is important. How did running track help you? Uh, the biggest way running track helped me was flexibility, first of all. As my hip my hip flexibility and my, like, hips when my body was able to be way more limbo, nimble on my feet, was way lighter on my feet. And it taught me how to jump. I was a high jumper. Okay. Well, that, and, and hey, jump balls in the end zone. That's always a good that thing. Taught me how to jump. Um, when you look at St. Francis Football Stadium, and I think that it is from the visiting side, probably the most beautiful place to watch a football game as a spectator and as a broadcaster. Do you ever catch yourself in the huddle, kind of looking up and seeing the people on the balconies and, and, and the, the smoke from the barbecue wafting over the crowd. Do you ever catch yourself looking up at that and saying, wow, that's beautiful? Actually, I do, have, I do have these two moments where I say, wow, that's cool. And it's when I can see my shadow and I can see the stands in the same kind of view. And it just looks like, you know, it's a football player's shadow with a view of the whole, our whole like home crowd stand. And, you know, you line up to, line up to run a route and that part, nothing gets over that. And uh, when you're jogging back after running a route, after jogging, jogging back after running a deep route, and you can just smell the grill from uh, oh, back yeah. behind the end zone. You can just smell it, and you're just like, oh, I can't wait to eat. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait to eat. Uh, and, and that's got to be fun. And that, that tradition has been around forever. And it's I it, like I said, I think it's one of the most beautiful places Um to watch, to watch a game just because it is so unique. And you guys just got a new field, correct? Yes, sir. We're all excited to use it. Has, have you been on it yet? Is anybody allowed to be on it yet? Um, I don't know if I can say that on this podcast. I might have jumped some fence or two, but – well, that's that's okay. You're you're allowed. I'm. You know what? I'm sure Coach Bonds would would allow that to happen. Yeah, I I lived eight minutes from the place, so it's kind of hard to resist myself. Yeah, yeah, and, and and you know, hey, Coach, I'm just running stairs in the stadium, right? Oh, yeah, I've tried to tried to use that one before. Tried to take home the weight room a couple times. Uh, <laughs> that didn't go over hey, well. Last year against Cajon. Um, you know, there was, that was a rough go of it because we did that game on Fox and something happened with the bus and you guys got caught in traffic. And, you know, I, I thought that you guys were going to win that game, but, but unfortunately for you guys, you didn't, what was the feeling like after that game? And how has that motivated everybody that's returning to kind of work towards surpassing that this year? Uh -huh. You know, the biggest motivation from that game is, man, I, I don't, 
we should have won. We we should have won. We all knew we could have beat that team. And it it pissed us off. And that's two years in a row where any any sophomore that came up with me has lost in the first round of the playoffs. My sophomore year was Calabasas with Micah Pittman and Johnny Wilson. Yeah, that was they were pretty good. We were good. not favored to win that one. I'll just tell you straight off. We yeah. were not favored. To that win was that. a wide receiver crew they had. But looking back on it, it was just playing football. They were good, but we were just caught in the days of the stadium and the lights. And that's exactly what happened again during gone. And now I'm just trying to yeah. I'm just trying to stress that this game is no different. You just gotta think about it like it's you're comfortable, as comfortable in practice as you are on the field. Because if I'm being honest, you don't hear the crowd. Even if you're trying, you can't hear the crowd. All you think about is what you gotta do and how you're gonna do it. Well, I, I've seen you play a couple of times, and, and I absolutely love the way you play. I, I, I really enjoy watching you, and I hope that not only do we have a football season this year, but I hope that we get assigned to do one of your games because for me, you know, whether it's, it's a home game for you guys or not, it's, it's always a pleasure getting together, seeing Coach Bonds and, and the whole crew, and, and I, I look forward to hopefully watching you play this year. Yeah, I, I'm itching at the bud to play a coach. I'm itching at the bud to get into some yeah. program. I'm just, it's day by day still, but it's looking positive, and I hope it stays that way. I, I do too. Bryson, the last thing I want to do before I let you go is I want to ask you five just off-the-wall questions and just feel free to answer however you All want. All right, cool. What are you binge watching on Netflix or Hulu or whatever right All now? Right. I could actually tell you about this one. It's this show called Money Heist. It's this it's Netflix show. It was definitely made in another country. I'm thinking Spain, but it's in English and it's actually incredible. It's about the it's about a massive heist on a mint. Like the royal mint of Spain. And it goes on for it's one heist it's four seasons long and it goes on for 10 it goes on for 10 eight days they get eight days in four seasons i will have to check it out who is your favorite nfl team uh i would have to say the eagles i've liked the eagles since i was a kid i got family from philly um and i'm from long beach and i loved watching Deshaun jackson play as did everybody. Your pregame ritual. Uh, I'll put my headphones, AirPods, whatever they are, put them in. And uh, whenever I, we get fully dressed up, I'll go squat right under the goalpost. And I'll just picture the whole game. I'll just make sure I know everything, make sure I got it. Think about all the questions and answer them in my head. And then just picture the whole game looking at the field. So uh, there was a couple of songs in there, but mostly the Little Ways song. Uh, famous or mess just from those two of this, that same album. Okay. Your worst subject in school, English. And your favorite sport to play other than football. Baseball. 
I miss playing baseball. I was the same way in baseball as I am in football. Put me a catcher, shortstop, pitcher, center field, second base, third base. Throw me anywhere. I played it all. Maybe you should play baseball in the spring just to go play and have fun I, again. My senior year, I was planning on it, so I really hope it's there. Yeah, we all do. We all do. We all, we're all hoping for a season. We're all hoping that this pandemic ends and we get to get back to our lives as normal. Yes, sir. Um, Bryson, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to to chat with me. Like I said, it's a it was a pleasure watching you play a couple times last year, and and I look forward to hopefully getting out to see you this year. And if I don't get to see you this year, I definitely know I'll be watching you somewhere on Saturdays. Well, thank you very much, Coach. I really appreciate you reaching out, and um, I'm very curious, Mister Moscow. Sweet, yep. got it. Thank you so much. You do not call me Mister. You can call me Tony. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Tony. All right. We'll be in touch, man. Thanks a lot. And then get back out on that field soon. I, I really hope so. All right. Thank you, Bryson. Uh, Bryson Reeves, St. Francis High School. Hey, if you like the podcast, please subscribe. Uh, if you've got any suggestions, any any feedback, please send it my way at TonyMoskal at gmail.com or at TonyMoskal on Twitter. If you've got an idea for a guest, a topic, uh, anything, send it my way. I uh, hope you are enjoying or getting through the quarantine as best you can. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.